everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. This is the show where uh, we are playing a couple of duck blurs. You know, we're just finding the nearest available duck blur, and then we're playing it. Uh, uh, yeah, this is the show where we're playing every Wii U game. We're playing all of them. Uh, God knows why anymore, but so some days test our patience more than others, I think. This might be one of those days. It's half one of those days for me, I think. I mean, it's, well, it's what they say on the fortune cookie, right? Life sure. is like a hurricane, mm -hmm. and some days test your patience more than others. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and your lucky number should be six. Yeah. Uh, well, today we are talking about two games based on Disney animated properties. One of them is called Phineas and Ferb, The Quest for Cool Stuff. One of them is called Fantasia 2000. Oof. Dancing yeah, that, centaurs. <laughs> that's the best bit of it, age 2000. And then the third game is going to be DuckTales Remastered. We're very excited uh, to be talking about these clearly. My name is Steve Guntley. Oh, hello. I'm Woody Siskowski. A.K.A. He's, he's, are you the Phineas or are you the Ferb of our, of our dynamic? I don't uh, know. I think we're well, both Phineas. Being as I have just learned about these characters' existence, um, you're the platypus. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm the I'm the hot sister. There you go. It's, Good call. You're yeah. Ashley Tisdale. I can tell that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I knew I knew that about you the moment I met you. Uh, we are joined today by a special guest who who claimed dibs anytime we were playing kind of a uh, a bad game based on a cartoon, uh, and we are honoring that dibs. Ailish Collins is back with us. Hello, Ailish. Hello. I got a half of what I wanted. One of these games was bad. Ooh, which one? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be surprised to know. Yeah, we're coming in with some hot takes. Is it the Capcom produced remake of one of the best NES games of all time? Or is it the Phineas and Ferb game? History will never know. Well, I mean they will in uh I'm gonna guess six 50, hours. Fifty two minutes they no, will know. No, this is a six hour one. Oh my god, uh, we're stretching. Longest it out. podcast ever. Stretch out your legs. Remember I'm dropping some fire on this one. Remember okay? when we talked about when we went through the list of every Nintendo 64 game? Yeah, we're it took doing us about that four hours. Yeah. yeah, we're doing that again, but every time it's just about Phineas and Ferb. Exactly. We're going through every episode of Phineas and Ferb starting now. <laughs> yes. I've seen them all when you guys, between the time when we were talking a minute ago and right now, I saw all the Phineas and Ferb. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a real-time watch. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to fill the air while you're over watching TV, <laughs> exactly. and then we'll bring you over. You'll talk about it. We'll do that for 100 I episodes. enjoyed when they learned new dances from the 90s. Sure. And um, the scene where they went to the swimming pool and got abducted by aliens. That was a good Those one. Those are my three favorite episodes. Those are classics. Yeah. Absolute classics. Uh, before we dig into these games today, let's talk about what else we're playing. What else are we playing, everybody? Ailish, do you want to start us off? Sure. I've been playing uh, Yoshi's Island lately. It's a, it's a good game. It's a good game. It's for the Super Any Nintendo Entertainment System, correct? It is. Okay. Yes, it is. Uh, I played it a lot when I was a kid, but I don't think I ever finished it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm also somehow worse at video games now than when I was five. So, wow. Yeah. What are some other things that you're worse at now than when you were five? I'm less flexible, probably. Okay. Um, what about... I can't scream as well, I don't okay. think. What about spitting up? Is you better, are you better at spitting up now than you were five? Or when was the last it's, time you practiced? <laughs> it's hard to tell. Okay. Um, you know, I'm probably better at it now, I would guess. Okay, Yeah, I great. think that is a skill I have improved upon. Wonderful. If you just pat sure my we're going to get a lot of reader email about that. One, one ring, <laughs> one picture, it didn't happen. <laughs> uh. It's a video, really. Yeah. Uh, but my point is, Yoshi's Island, it's a good video game. I, I like that game very much. It's a good video game. I have never played the mystery levels, 
So I've never 100%ed any of the worlds. How do you get to the mystery levels? You have to 100% every world. Oh. Or like, you know, there's two mystery levels per world. You have to That's not an easy game to 100%. There's a lot of random no, crap got, in like, that the game. donut drop you one in the first level that you just can't, like, unless you hate yourself, you're not going to 100% it. Because don't you have to get all the red coins and like all the flower, happy flowers? And all the stars. You, you have, have to get you all have to the stars? with 30 stars. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're really committed. Well, best of luck with that quest. Um, I am still playing Horizon because it's really long. I'm going to be playing it for a while still yet. Um, I did, Alish was actually with me. We did crack open uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart nice. for the PS5. Uh, might be the best looking game I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Like, this is the game if you want to see something that shows off what the PS5 does. It's, it, I think it might be Ratchet and Clank. Like, that game looks absolutely incredible. It looks like an animated film without looking like a, a specifically a Pixar film sure. or anything. It's got amazing textures on all the characters. Like, it was one of those moments where, like, oh, okay, we're watching a cutscene, we're watching a cutscene. No, this is in the in game engine. This wow. looks like this the entire time it's got these really smooth effects and Ooh. it's ratchet and clank and it's fun yeah ratchet and clank's always a good time when you talk about like cutting edge graphics it feels like a lot of the games that sort of have the huge budgets to like look really good are all kind sort of the same kinds of games yeah like you have your elden ring or your red dead redemption 2 or your horizon yeah forbidden west where it's like wow this giant like vista and landscape always looks really like it always looks great but they're well, going for some sense of realism, yeah. Whereas like, Ratchet yeah. and Clank is like, all right, we're going to use all of this you know, processing power to really go with an art style and have really good-looking characters. Yeah. And just instead make it of a big, just giant vistas, yeah, and they make it a big cartoon, which I love. Like, and it's the the gameplay is tight and fun, and it's always like wacky, uh, fun weapons. This one has a uh, topiary sprinkler that turns your enemies into a hedge. Oh, very uh, cute! Which you can then shoot, which love is it. a lot of fun. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, there are a lot of good ones. And yeah, this game yeah. is not a remake of a previous Ratchet and Clank. This is a totally okay, fresh cool. original uh, Ratchet and Clank. There's a really fun little system with all these portals that are kind of all over the place where you. You lash them and kind of like pull yourself through. Like you pull the landscape to you. Okay. And it really, it's a disorienting effect, but it's really cool looking. Huh. Like you're you're grabbing the the distance and pulling the distance to you, and it's I don't know it works. It's uh, it's really kind of cool. But and that's also one of the I would say the quote unquote killer apps that's only on PS5. Like it sure is. so many of these yeah. other ones are available on PS4, even though you're kind of playing a kneecapped version of them. Like you can yeah. still you can still hold off and do an okay job on them, but um, yeah. If, yeah, it feels like the closest maybe to a system seller. At so this far. point, yeah, yeah. At this point, uh, this that one's that one's a big one. So I'm looking forward to playing a little and bit more. And still no Ratchet and Clank co-op. Still no Ratchet and Clank co-op, except for that all for one game, which was I think like it was a, just an uh, arena shooter. I think is that arena shooter? Well, yeah. like. Sorry, that's a misleading phrasing, but like you're all in an it's like those levels in Ratchet and Clank where you're yeah. in an arena and waves of enemies come at you. Right, right. So right. it's like you're co-op against those waves of enemies. But yeah, but it's a not story. a proper like Ratchet and Clank co-op experience. They you should know, they should figure out a way to throw some split screen co-op in there or something. I think those yeah, games would be fun with it. Because there is a new like Lombax character in this new one. Okay. So you can play as like two different forms of Ratchet, you know. So like you you could do it. Um I don't know. Maybe maybe they can do it a little later. I don't know. What do you think of Ratchet and Clank so far? I'm enjoying it. It's uh, I hadn't played any of the Ratchet and Clank games since the PS2 when I played all of them. No, those ones are great. Those ones are great, and it keeps like the same fun energy and just looks prettier and added a few new mechanics, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, Ratchet and Clank maybe like the most consistent series in terms of quality Absolutely. in the sense that like they're never like truly truly spectacular, but they're always 
really great. They're like, always like an eight out of ten. Yes, like they're exactly. always like a really solid eight out of ten. It's like you would definitely like shell out money for this and not feel bad. Yeah. It may not make your like best game of all time list, but it's always worth playing. Yeah, so for sure. Ratchet and Clank, solid recommend. What yeah, are you playing with? That's cool. Um well they released a new magic set online oh, cool. um on Arena. And the thing that's interesting about this set is they've gotten to the point where they essentially redesign sets depending on whether or not they release them digitally or um, like as, you know, booster packs. Okay. And so my roommate went and bought a bunch of booster packs and I'm like, oh, that set looks cool. And so I started playing online and like the set is totally different. Um, and the thing that's interesting about it online is they're able to do a lot of things that you can't do with paper magic, mm. like have things that affect the cards in your hand because if I was playing magic with someone and I'm like okay I'm gonna give this card in my hand some ability you have no way to verify that I'm not cheating okay okay but like if you know I'm doing it digitally it's like all right give a card in your hand this effect like the game is not gonna let me cheat mm-hmm. um, so it's really opened up a lot of sort of different weird mechanics that are really cool to see and I've really been enjoying it so, oh excellent yeah it's cool to see that there can be like kind of half and half uh, two different ways to play magic I have a question about the economics of magic. So, I mean, there are very expensive cards. Mm -hmm. How does that work in the digital format? Well, the long, detailed answer is that there's two different forms of digital magic. One is called Magic Online, which is essentially the digital exact same digital version um, of the game where like cards have more value and there's a marketplace like that. This game, Magic Arena, is sort of a more arcadey feel where the car you can only get the cards through like opening packs or getting like wild cards that you can trade into other rare cards. So there's no marketplace in this game. So the cards don't have any value in this. Hmm. Like, does that make sense? Like, since there's no marketplace of trading between people, like you're just stuck with what you have. So the, the cards have no special value. That makes sense. But you have to pay, you have to pay like real money or in-game currency to play in the events. But if you're competent enough at the game, usually you can recycle your by doing well in the events. Okay. All right. I was unclear on that too, because I know like the collecting is kind of half the appeal for a lot of magic players. But I guess if you just want to play the game without worrying about that. Yeah, like- I, I feel like in some ways it's become much more segmented, like I don't I think that I would phrase it not that collecting is half the appeal for some of the players, but that half of the players collecting is all the appeal. Got it. Half of the players, which I'm in playing is all the appeal and the owning more cards is just a burden. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because we already have a lot of shit. Yeah. Like all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And owning valuable stuff just makes me feel bad. So (laughs) just give it to me. Just give it. I like having jewels. Yeah. I like having giant rupees that fall from the ceiling. Absolutely. It just I makes like realize that I know gold nuggets that come from a temple of cool stuff. <laughs> and uh, then also just randomly Excalibur. Yeah, like, exactly. Here's five commonplace gold nuggets and Excalibur. Let's talk about these games since we're already kind of talking about them. Let's start with Phineas and Ferb, the quest for cool stuff. Oh, love Phineas and Ferb. Oh, I love questing for cool stuff. Yeah. This was released August 23rd, 2013, developed by Behavior Entertainment, published by Majesco, and it was also released on the Wii, the 360, the DS, and the 3DS. All right, a little bit about Phineas and Ferb. This is one of those shows that kind of came out uh, while I was well into adulthood, and I wasn't (laughs) super paying attention to it. 
But Phineas and Ferb was created by Dan Povenmire and Jeff Marsh. The two met while they were working as layout artists on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And over the next few years, they grew to be pretty prominent directors in TV animation. Uh, Dan Povenmire in particular was the director, I think, of most of the early Family Guy episodes and a lot of early SpongeBob. Okay. Uh, so they, they kind of built up a name for themselves. They developed a series based on Povenmire's memories of his childhood summers where he would have to come up with these elaborate adventures because his mom told him to get out of the house. Okay. So he'd have to come up with all these different ways to pass Very the time. Very Calvin and Hobbes vibe there. Very Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, this game, this show has a lot of Calvin and Hobbes vibes. Uh, and since the creators have a background in adult comedies, the original pitch for the show was more of like a primetime South Park style raunchy comedy with okay. like little kids. But uh, they decided they'd rather reach a wider audience and they toned it down for younger. I'm younger, glad they uh, didn't studios. go that way. That- I am, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a shorter shelf life on those uh well, I mean, I can't even say it. South Park's on year 25. Well, now. sure. Yeah. But for most of the other shows that I don't know, it's it's hard to want more like kids saying filthy things. Yeah, yeah, we've got Big Mouth, we've got South Park, we've, yeah. we're, we're, we're caught up. Uh, the show debuted on the Disney Channel on August 17th, 2007. Uh, it tells the story of two stepbrothers, Phineas Flynn and Ferb Fletcher. Phineas is like a prodigy inventor, and Ferb is kind of his like Sancho Panza, Beaker from the Muppets, kind of mostly silent uh, enabler, basically. Okay. Kind of follows him around and like does the kind of... So I got the vibe that Ferb, though, was the more, like, scientifically-minded, competent one. No, Ferb is the—he's the totally silent one, okay. except he has, like, one line per episode, and he's got a British accent for no reason. Ferb builds the stuff. Phineas yeah. is, like, the idea man. Ferb is the hands. Yeah, thank you, Ailish. Thank you for—I should know. I watched every episode of this show a couple yeah, minutes ago. Just, the, just now. Yeah. I, I can't believe you didn't absorb that in your <laughs> silent, fast-forwarded uh, reviewing well, of we every have to episode. Take, we have to quick a quick survey real quick. Are you a Finn fan or a Furby? Uh, oh, man. I, I think I'm, I'm pure Furby energy over here. I'm, <laughs> da- I'm long Furby. Uh, you know, I always have been. I don't know. Which one? Are you a Finn fan? Are you a Finn Flynn fan? <laughs> I am also a Furby yeah. Uh, well, I'm a plat boy, so <laughs> I know I didn't present that as an option, but uh, I'm inventing it now. It's the I'm you're starting a, a new subreddit. You're a Perry person for, for plat boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're a plat, plat boy Perry person. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the other half of this show. And for one half of it is these two boys like. Uh, with these infinite imaginations and these abilities to invent anything that they can think of, uh, and they just have wild adventures before summer vacation ends. So, like, the show takes place entirely over one summer, and, like, every day oh, wow. is just a different wild thing that they get into. Is there exactly, like, a hundred or, like, there's, 180 episodes? I guess it's a long summer. There's, a, there's 129 episodes, and I think in the opening title credits they say 104 days of summer. Oh, got so it. But I think, some of the episodes are just them sleeping. Yeah, like, yeah. For, for 20 minutes. Yeah, well, I think they watched that show 24, and they realized, oh, you know what? There's some logical inconsistencies. When does Jack Bauer poop? When does he sleep? Yeah. Oh, we're going to address that with Phineas and Ferb. Got there's going to be a whole episode of Ferb pooping, and there's going to be an entire episode of Phineas asleep and just, like, drooling lightly from his mouth. Perfect. And those are the best episodes, frankly. They're kind of like bottle episodes. It's when it, things got real experimental. Yeah, yeah, I appreciated it. Uh, but <laughs> uh, the other part of this show is that Ferb has a pet platypus named Perry, who most of the time just appears to be kind of like a dumb animal. But once per episode, someone will say, hey, Whoa. where's Perry? Who are you to place judgment 
on the intelligence of this platform, I'm just Steve. Saying, he's I, probably, well, who I, knows I, I, what sort of thoughts are spinning around that's in what Perry's I'm saying. head? Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what he's putting forward, okay? Because oh, anytime it's a, it's, a, it's a facade. Once an episode, someone will say, where's Perry? And then you cut to him where he's putting on a fedora, and he goes down into a tunnel underneath the earth, and he's a secret agent cool. who's constantly battling the evil Dr. Doofenshmirtz, who he needs to uh, oh, fight all the time. I should have been a, a, sh- a sh- Schmerz, I can't. I can't. You should, think have, of, you should have been a, sh- uh, a Schmerzen hurts and I don't know. What a schmerz person. A doof. A doof. Okay. It's right there. You're, the, sure. you're a doof warrior. Oh, there you, you are. go. That's there, it. You're like a doof that. warrior. Yeah. And you play a, a flaming guitar. Uh, so yeah, this show came out uh, in in August of 2007, and it was a huge hit with its debut. But it was helped partially that the lead-in before the first episode of Phineas and Ferb happened to be the Disney Channel's most successful program of all time, which was High School Musical 2. Ah, Uh, That came out, and then Phineas and Ferb was the follow-up, so naturally this had a pretty big built-in audience, uh, which it maintained. Uh, It it aired for four seasons, 129 episodes total. It got two made-for-TV movies. There's a planned theatrical film apparently still in the works. Weird. And multiple little crossover specials with, like, Star Wars and Marvel and things like that. And the show's won a bunch of like primetime Emmys. It's like it's very critically acclaimed. Um, I mean, I kind of like. I'm not saying that this is my. I mean, this is my first exposure to the show. Um, yeah. Aside from having watched the entire season, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's. I like the vibe that it was putting forth. Like yeah. it had very cute. Like the tutorial scene here, you actually play as Perry the Platypus. Yeah, and he's got like a little spy theme song that goes on in the background. The music's like, always fun, yeah. Yeah, and they did a clever way of sort of introducing the tutorial where like Professor Doofenstein or whatever Schmerz. was like, uh, don't touch that button, don't wall jump out of here, Yeah, um, which I thought was a fairly smart way to integrate usually annoying tutorials into the game pretty seamlessly. Yeah, I thought they did that pretty well. And like, I, I watched a couple of episodes of this show uh, before recording just to kind of get the vibe. And it's clever. It's clever. It's it's definitely skews a little younger uh, than, than I got, you know, like I'm not going to sit and watch this whole thing like I did with Gravity Falls, you know, like okay. that's not really crossing over for me in that way. But but it's very cute. It's very cartoony. It's got a lot of, like I said, it's got a lot of good Calvin and Hobbes vibes, which I enjoy. And uh, yeah, and I guess the other element is like they have a, a sister who is constantly trying to tattle on them, but their okay. parents are oblivious to everything that they're doing. Okay. So she's just constantly frustrated. Do we ever meet the parents? Is it like uh... the parents are there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're they're are they played by around. Robert De Niro. They are. <laughs> and then, uh, they give you a lie detector test. Yeah, yeah. Right. And there's a whole Fockers spinoff with Streisand and Hoffman coming in. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so this, in video games, this series debuted with a self-titled Nintendo DS game in 2007, which was a decent-sized hit, which led to a short run of games featuring these characters. Quest for Cool Stuff is the fourth of five games and the last one to appear on a home console. Mm. Their last game ever was the mobile spinoff Where's My Perry, which is a, a reskin of Where's My Water, which is weirdly one of the most successful video games of all time. I have no idea what you're talking about. This is an app. It's an iPhone app. Uh, Where's my water? It's like, it's a, you, you draw paths through dirt to get like water from one section to another. It's like a little puzzle game. Okay. They reskinned it with Perry the platypus and that became the most successful thing associated with this brand because it's insane how much these mobile apps go for. But yeah, uh, you know, those are kind of games I've forgotten about because they came out around the same time. Like, there was that mobile game boom with like Cut the Rope and Angry Birds and okay. things like that. And this was of that era. But I've never played another Phineas and Ferb game. I don't really see a good reason to. Oh, what? You didn't you didn't feel that the gameplay of this really like 
filled you with desire to be like, I have to see what else this series is putting forth. I Everything mean, here is so competent and inspired. As a Furby, I'm constantly full of desire. Oh, but, you okay. know. Uh, Furby it, is more of the unrestrained id. <laughs> it is. Whereas uh, Phineas is sort of more uh, just cerebral. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Doofenshmirtz is the superego controlling all of them. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, you so, know, the thing is, yeah. I know we're joking about it, but I bet if you went on Reddit and went to the Phineas and Ferb subreddit, there would be like tons of posts like breaking down which parts of the psyche each character represent. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. People on Reddit uh, don't have a lot of uh, things going on. <laughs> Says the people podcasting about Wii U. <laughs> exactly. We, we can talk from our ivory tower. <laughs> Uh, so this game was developed by our old friends at Behavior with an I-O-U-R, who are pretty much running the lower quadrant of our rankings list right now. Uh, <laughs> also, terrible company name. Terrible like, company name. When you were like, hey, kids, come enjoy our video game based on your favorite cartoon from Behavior Studios. You like, know that thing your parents are always telling you yeah. to do is go behave. <laughs> Uh, yeah, these, these are the guys who did uh, the Wipeout games, they did the Disney Plane games, they did uh, your very favorite, Spongebob, Ooh, that game was uh, bad. and a few others that we've yet to talk about. Not necessarily a mark of quality. I mean, the Planes games were in some ways pleasant surprises. The, the, Aside yeah. from the Spongebob games, most of this stuff didn't like offend me on a primal level. No, Wipeout was just kind of boring, and Planes was also kind of boring too, but Planes, yeah. like, the, those were okay. They're quite, I would describe them as quite unambitious in their goals. I would say that's accurate and i would say that's accurate of here too i wouldn't i wouldn't say this is uh gonna be down at the bottom half of my list at all but this is a very well i mean it will be in the game. bottom half I maybe imagine, bottom half. but oh, this it's is number two. Oh, number goodness two. me yeah it's one for phineas one for fur one for phineas one for fur fuck you ray man you're out <laughs> you're out i'm a i'm a furby now uh so of all the i you know i was Definitely expecting this to be a ripoff of some game in some form sure. because a lot of these just kind of are. You know, when you have a licensed property, you just tack it on. I assumed else. it would be a ripoff of Painkiller. Oh, where sure. You, like run around and fight unending demons of of hell <laughs> with like a chainsaw and a holy cross. That I would have understood. Yeah. Uh, I was very surprised to see this is a ripoff of Drill Dozer. Ah. Of all things, for it to rip off. Um. Yeah. The the kind of obscure game freak game for the GBA. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what this is. Didn't so Drill Dozer start on the Dreamcast? Did it really? I think Drill Dozer oh, is originally. Of, you're thinking of Mr. Driller. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How yeah. silly how of me. Dare I'll, you. I'll show myself out. You should leave. Yeah. You should, yeah. Ailey, you're the new host of the podcast. <laughs> I hope you know the difference between your Mr. Drillers and your Drill Dozers. <laughs> I am just not going to talk about drilling, <laughs> except in a purely scientific form. Oh, good idea. Just yeah. avoid the topic altogether. <laughs> We can talk about, you know, minerals and okay. stuff. This is a science podcast now. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, That's we're, fair. We're, we're pivoting from Wii U to rank our uh, top 10 favorite minerals. We're going <laughs> to try all the minerals and rank them. I'm, here's my hot take. Molybdenum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come wow. at me. Come at me, internet. Molybdenum fam, where are you at? I'm also amazed that you know the name of one mineral. Thank you. I Thank do you. not. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I pulled one out of my ass, and it was literally a chunk of molybdenum that I keep in my ass. Anyway, yeah, this is kind of a kind of a drill dozer ripoff. It's the game's kind of segmented into two, uh, well, a, a couple of different modes here. So we have the main gameplay is like you're playing as Phineas and Ferb, and you are inside this vehicle called the All Terrain Transformatron, and basically it's just a big walking drill that's shaped like the brother's it's like a mech. face. It's like a mech. 
Uh, and when you are in the, when Phineas is driving it, a big drill comes out the top. So it's kind of in the shape of his face with the big triangle nose. And then when you switch to Ferb, it's more, uh, athletic. You can do wall jumps and flips and stuff like that. Uh, and basically you just walk through the level, you drill through sections, uh, the weak sections of the wall. You try and find treasure, which is all golden nuggets. Well, I think as you get into oh. different worlds, you get different treasures. Oh, a- I see. Alish will fill us in. We're, get- this is- we're moving to the science portion now. Yes, thank you. This is where I come in. You get dinosaur bones. What, what mineral? Beach. What minerals are in those dinosaur bones, Alish? Uh, carbon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> the best mineral. Um, yeah, you get dinosaur bones at the beach scientifically a terrible place for preserving dinosaur bones, mm. but that's, you're also not really on the beach. You're in another temple that looks exactly the same as the first world. Also, this game features a platypus super spy, so perhaps it's not super rooted in science? No, that part is straight science. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. As a <laughs> biologist. It, it, it turns out you. that they did a study and science and uh, platypus is actually the most stealthy animals, thus more competent to be secret agents. Well, I mean, they just blend right in. They look like any other animal, so yeah. it, it, it goes without Get saying. Get ready when they announce the new James Bond casting. You're going to be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I'm going to be platypusly surprised. Yes, that's a word, platypusly. Yeah, so you, you hop in this little vehicle. That'll be the, and that'll are... be the name of the first James Bond ser- movie with the new one. <laughs> Platypussy. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that. I, would, I hope there's like some kind of like Phineas and Ferb special called Platypussy, and I hope they got fired for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you walk around these worlds like like Man, that better said, be the like, name of the Phineas and Ferb like movie if there's one in development. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a tough sell. I have always always been amazed like ever since I started learning lewd things as a child. Yeah, I was like, there's a movie called Octopussy, and like. It's a well-known, famous movie, like like almost like kind of a well-regarded yeah. movie. Yeah, and it has a title that just sounds like porn. Like right, and they never edited that. And, yeah, and it's the name of a character in the movie, and it's like I don't I don't believe she has eight vaginas, but I'm not discounting it. Sure. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't remember that movie very well. It's not the eight vaginas. It's the tentacles. Oh, I see. And the beak-like protrusion. I hope we're losing every audience member who came to listen to a Phineas and Ferb episode. Oh, yeah, because that's why the people search Phineas and Ferb, and hey. we're the first thing that comes up on that SEO. I, I hope, I, they I hope that's not the through, case. Okay, if you're a Phineas and Ferb fan, post this episode on your subreddit. Yes, do it's it. Gonna, it's going to blow up, I promise. The subreddit you that get so I was many bad-mouthing uploads. earlier. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, so in these side-scrolling segments, you walk around, you drill through walls, you find treasure. In uh, there's there are parry levels, which you already talked about, which are kind of more side-scrolling platforming. I mean, they're all Plays side-scrolling identical. platforming. You just yeah. don't have a drill. You mechanic. don't have a drill in this one. Yeah, that's the really the only difference. And then there's a third variation of side-scrolling platformer when you need to build a new object to attach to your ATT, and that's just Phineas in the garage running over shelves collecting sprockets. Yeah, and it's a. I mean, it's just a one screen area where you just have to run and back and forth. Basically the same every time. I think well, they, the sprockets appear in different places. I guess. Uh, they they rearrange the boxes a little bit, but it's kind of the same basic thing. Uh, you run around, you have like a minute to gather all these sprockets. And yeah, and his, his jump feels kind of bad. It's a really reedy little jump, yeah. But overall, like, I didn't really have big issues with this game, aside no. from it being just tremendously unambitious. Like, this feels like a game that was developed to, like, the least powerful system. They're like, all right, we need to start 
can this play on DS? Yeah. Okay, great. Develop it for DS and then figure out a way to port that to all the other systems. And it feels kind of like the philosophy, yeah, because this this game does not look very good. It definitely does not look like an HD, like, modern system game. It's yeah. It's got that... I mean, you can add Phineas and Ferb to the list along with the Simpsons and South Park of, like... 2D characters that do not look good in 3D. But mostly you're only seeing them from one side, so it doesn't You are, but they've, they'll they'll turn their faces and they'll kind of like move around in the space a little bit, and you'll see they just look kind of odd, and uh, they're, they're not very well animated. This reminded me of kind of the early days of the Xbox when we first sort of discovered cell shading, you know, in, probably in some cave in Guatemala <laughs> or something. And they, found, <laughs> they found cave paintings that were like, had like colored cartoon <laughs> variations of them. Yeah, someone was trying to play Comic Zone on the wall back yeah. then. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of looks like that where, you know, they, they'd figured out this way to make things look a little different, but they hadn't really refined it so it looks like a cartoon cartoon. That's kind of how this looks. It's pretty cheapy. Uh, but I agree with the, you. Like the, it's 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 unambitious as hell, but it's not offensive in any way. Like it, we were um, we were playing Simpsons games for the Patreon, and I was talking about like, oh, you can really tell right from the start when a platformer sucks, yeah, because of sort of how the way it feels. And yeah. like, I don't think this gives off that this platformer sucks vibe. No, like not you're really. not super slidey, and um, you generally the character goes where you want to. Like the <laughs> that's my hot review for this game. I mean, but like. Switching to the drill seemed to be like weirdly unresponsive. And we all had that problem when we played. It's like you would yeah. press the button and it like wouldn't switch and you'd just kind of have to hammer like maybe it's, it's just a- the awkwardness of like having to tap the X button to switch and then the R button to drill. I think like, that it, just it like little- wouldn't let you switch unless you were totally standing still. Or that must like maybe it. that was it, yeah. None of this is that huge of a deal because this game is so leisurely yeah. in the sense that like there's some enemies in here, but they just kind of float at you very slowly. Yeah. You can jump at them or spin into them or activate your drill. And like, you're probably not that worried about dying in this game. There is zero penalty for dying. Like you, you go back to your save point, but there are a lot of save points in each level and you don't have a limit on your lives. And um, all the sprockets respawn. So you can just uh, you can just farm sprockets and uh, sell your account online later for big bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a huge aftermarket for, yeah. for this game in particular. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a perfectly harmless game. I think uh, little kids would get uh, a lot out of it, I think. I mean, if they enjoyed Phineas and Ferb, like, I think that yeah, there's it nothing wrong with it. does a decent job of having some of the sense of humor from the show that I love so very, very dearly. I mean, you've got your <laughs> tattoos. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do warrior for life. It, but yeah. it, it does have a decent sense of humor between the levels. There's a weird, like, sort of mission complete thing where, like, your friend will come over and tell you, you need to paint your robot blue, mm-hmm. and then you'll have to spend 50 sprockets to paint it blue. Or your and sister. you can also give it like some actual upgrades, like a, a stronger drill to get through different blocks, mm-hmm. or like uh, wheels to do minecart levels. Yeah. Which Ailish got very excited when we saw there were minecart levels. Yeah, we were two out of two on minecart levels. Two out of two on minecarts. Oh yeah, we also have to say this has like a really lazy like knockoff Donkey Kong Country mini game that you find oh, every once yeah. in a while. You know, in Donkey Kong Country, you'll walk into a cave and you have to bounce around or like shoot yourself from barrels to collect all these bananas. These are just that, except all you do is jump in straight lines three it's times. It's only and the then bouncing around on the tires to collect things in the air and yeah that's what's kind of a bummer because that's always amongst the many very pleasurable things about donkey kong country Mm -hmm. um it was always very satisfying to go into one of those secret rooms and be like what challenge is this going to be like what weird minigame am i going to play 
And here it's always a disappointment because you're like, crap, I found a secret room. I have to do this crappy jumping thing for sprockets. I have to waste 10 seconds of my life on this. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that. Um, but overall, yeah, nothing, nothing terribly offensive with Phineas and Ferb, honestly. You know, uh, yeah. Okay, so we 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 got it on the box. So yeah. it says, uh, character kind of does what you want him to do. Woody Siskowski, uh-huh. and s- nothing terribly offensive. Steve Guntley. Perfect. Yes. We just sold an extra ten copies of this game Perfect. to everybody. Well, let's move on to our next game, and that is Ducktales Remastered. Woo. And it was released November 13th, 2013, developed by WayForward Technologies and published by Capcom. And this was also released on PS3, 360, Windows, iOS, Android, and Windows Phone. Is this game not on Switch? It is not on Switch. Crazy, right? That it should be on Switch. nuts. This is a Switch game, yeah. 100%. Uh, so I actually, if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, a couple months ago, uh, me and Lindsay did a whole deep dive into the Disney Afternoon suite of games. So we did cover a couple of these DuckTales games in detail. If you'd like to hear about those, plus all the games based on Chippendale and Darkwing Duck. And they Goof made a Troop Chippendale game? There's two Chippendale games. You could play as Chris Farley? Yes, you can. You can. And, uh, <laughs> you have to defeat uh, Patrick Swayze, and you never do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there. Uh, yeah, well, that's on the Patreon if you want to hear that. Patreon.com slash Ultra64Pod. Uh, we did a deep dive on those. And but if you want to subscribe to my Patreon, mm-hmm. where I watch all the Phineas and Ferb episodes <laughs> and talk about them, give me $1,000 and I'll start that Patreon. It's called Phineas and Ferb yep. because you're a fan. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah. As a, as a quick summation of DuckTales, uh, the cartoon series Whoa. debuted in 1987. It was kind of the cornerstone of the Disney afternoon programming block. It was all based on the Uncle Scrooge comics by Carl Barks from the 50s or 40s? Oh, early? Yeah, or old, that? from old. From old, from old, olden but times. One of the randomly like most important and influential uh, pieces of comic art. It really that, is. That exists. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the whole kind of Disney look is based off of Carl Barks, like the modern mm. Disney look, or at least the 80s Disney look yeah. is based off of Carl Barks' drawings. Or if nothing else, the way he draws ducks. Is the way that Disney <laughs> now draws ducks. Exactly. Yeah, but, that. like, definitely, like, really influential in a way that, like, you always just kind of think comic book superheroes, but, like, this was a hugely influential series that had nothing to do with superheroes. Yeah. No, so. it's true. It's true. Uh, so this show would only last for three seasons, uh, but it would inspire a 1990 film called Treasure of the Lost Lamp and a star-studded 2017 reboot, which you've heard me stump about many, many times. That reboot series is excellent. It's all on Disney+. Plus. And Check it out. perhaps the greatest theme song that exists? I think you can really make an argument that this has the greatest theme song of all time. Yeah, yeah, I think you really can make the argument. Um, I can't think of any immediately that I would put above it. I mean, there's some that I mean, I love the one from Lost. (laughs) It's good. It's real good. (laughs) I know every word. (laughs) I mean, there's some theme songs that are purely guided by nostalgia, like, you know, Ninja Turtles or something like that. Yeah. But, like, I think this is objectively a much catchier, better song. I think oh. so. I mean, so uh, I, I went over DuckTales with Lindsay a lot. Did you, did you were you much of a DuckTales kid I or watched Disney the, Afternoon kid? I watched the movie like crazy. I, I randomly, too. I think I either owned that movie or was one of my big three, one of my big VHS rotations from the rental store. That was mine too, um, weirdly. I, I watched the movie so much more than the show. And then it took me a long time to realize that, like, that movie came out before Aladdin. Yeah. And like that they essentially had the same plot and mm. somehow that never occurred to me when I was like a little kid. It's crazy. Um, and so I do have like a lot of fondness for this character and brand, but I don't, 
I've probably seen in my life like three episodes of DuckTales, which is so much fewer than the episodes of Phineas and Ferb that I've seen. Of course, which, yeah, which you blaze through yeah. them. You blaze through them. Uh, but I do I do really like it, and like yeah. the NES games are great. They're absolutely. How about you, Lace? Was DuckTales a part of your upbringing in any way? I've definitely seen a few episodes, but I never sat down and watched it much. I think it was more when I was at my cousin's houses or something like that. Your nephews. Because, I mean, by the time you were, like, old enough to be remembering TV you were seeing, like, DuckTales was kind of gone, like, right? I didn't I didn't realize it had such a short shelf run. Yeah, I don't think DuckTales was on while I was alive until 2017. And that's fair, and I think that's the one that you can kind of skip to if you want. I mean, that that new series, I, it's it pays a lot of homage to the original show. It, it kind of uh, uh, makes a lot of references that you'll appreciate a lot deeper. But yeah, you could totally watch it. Do on you your know, own. it's it's hard to get out of a like a thing that you're kind of like the demographic for. Yeah. And so, like, does Ducktales have like a big piece of cultural cachet, or is it just because we're of that age? That it was important yeah. to us. I but think like, it's that. Okay. Yeah. So I, for like people who are might be a little older than us or a little younger than us, like it's not going to mean that much. But it's. I think it's one of those that's kind of been sort of uh, uh, grandfathered in as like uh, a sort of a bit of prestige kids TV. Okay. Like I think I think we look back on Ducktales as a society fonder than we do like the Ninja Turtles or, yeah, or even okay. Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> Sure. Uh, which is obviously the, or the, the Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Cowboys of Moo Mesa, obviously. Street Sharks, yeah. yeah. I, I guess there, you, I think that is a good comparison. I think that like the Disney TV had much higher budgets yeah. than a lot of uh, the cartoons that were out there. And, and and this was a real push with like the Disney Afternoon programming block. Like they wanted these to continue the Disney brand and like hold up a certain level. In some ways it was the original uh, MCU. It was. It was like, these are things that you would, properties you enjoy in the movies and now you can see them um, in in a weekly format. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, And like you said, uh, this game or this, this uh, series inspired a pretty classic Nintendo game. Uh, The NES uh, DuckTales came out in 1989 and I think it was a Capcom game. Uh, that I think Capcom did most of the Disney Afternoon games from yep. the NES. Uh, and it, it's just one of those that's kind of only grown in reputation yeah. over the years because it's just kind of effortlessly fun to play. Yeah, it's a very good game. It's one of those uh, games that's right on the tier below, like, your total, total classics of NES, like your first-party Nintendo things. Yeah. Um, it's Another it, 8 out of 10 kind of yeah, franchise. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's definitely a, a fun one to reach to. And those... Capcom games for the NES, man, they were they were really playing with fire there because yeah. all those games look really good and are, are really clean and fun to play. Those Capcom licensed games are kind of, yeah, they're a sweet spot because like even stuff like totally negligible licenses like Little Nemo in Dreamland yeah. like, made for a fucking rad game. <laughs> like that game was awesome. The Darkwing Duck game is really good. That Darkwing Duck game is great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah, the series went largely dormant, uh, for years and years, uh, and the NES games, uh, kind of petered out. There was a DuckTales 2, uh, mm-hmm. later on the NES life cycle, but no one really noticed, well, uh, and now it's kind of a big collector's item. Yeah, that game's mostly famous for being very valuable, yeah. but it's actually, it's, a good game. it's also a good game. Yeah. It's more of the exact same stuff from DuckTales 1. Yeah, and I think the biggest difference is now you can hook things with your cane and mm, pull them. Yeah. yeah, which is nice. I'm kind of bummed actually that this DuckTales remastered does not include the levels or um from DuckTales 2 or like 
Ace maybe like just has DuckTales 2 like in it as like the original NES version. Yeah. Um, just because that is a game that fewer people have played. Yeah. But either way, like that that NES game, like we said, its reputation only grew over time to the point where uh, fans were starting to ask for some kind of reboot, some kind of remake. And uh, Way Forward kind of picked up the mantle on that. Uh, they won the bid to do the remake, and uh, Disney sent out a couple of their uh, original TV animators from the show oh. to come in and supervise the look of this game and kind of help get the uh, the themes and everything accurate. Um and, uh, you know, they brought in the original voice cast, which is pretty cool because <laughs> some of them are very near death. Uh, Alan Young, who plays uh, uh, Uncle Scrooge, was 93 when he came back to record his voice for this. So is June Foray, who came back to uh, record uh, Magicka Dispel. I think this would be Alan Young's last anything sure like his last recording he died three years after <laughs> he this. died as soon as he finished the recording oh man he was he, he was heading to the he was heading to craft services oh. and that's I, have you heard that story about uh the jetsons movie no that's apparently a real thing the voice of george jetson uh, according to legend it died in the booth while he was recording dialogue for that movie so somewhere in that movie you are hearing a man's final words. Wow. And that makes the Jetsons movie feel very haunted. <laughs> okay. It's it's a strange movie. It's a movie I watched a lot as a kid, <laughs> and now I, I learned that when I was an adult. I'm like, oh, man. I'm this... also just learning that a Jetsons movie exists. Exactly. It was is... not a big hit. This is one of those – everyone's got those movies that, yeah. like, uh, uh, you you say, like, oh, yeah, you know, like in blah, blah, blah. Like, wait, what? You didn't grow up with blah, blah, blah? The yeah. greatest movie to ever make $25 at the box <laughs> office? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so that's a Jetson's side tangent, but yeah, my, I, I, my, my former roommate, his, his favorite movie growing up and he's, he kept pushing me to watch it was Robert Altman's Popeye. And so weird. So I still have not watched that Popeye. I know a lot of people like go to bad for that one too, but that is a weird pull. Yeah. That was like this big flop. I and have a history of roommates with bad taste in movies. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, where was I? George Jetson. He yeah, died. You, you met yeah, him. Yeah. You met yeah. George Jetson and his boy, Leroy. Um, no, but I mean, yeah. And then even like Russie Taylor, who voices the triplets, like she would be dead within a few years of mm-hmm. this. Like, you know, they, they, and it's not uh, this isn't a curse game. These are all just people in their 70s or higher, which is this game is so weird when you think about the timeline of like if, you know, from our perspective of like, oh, DuckTales was this big thing, like. This was the first piece of DuckTales content mm-hmm. that came out since the show ended. Yeah. Because there was the, you know, the movie, like I looked up, there was not really any comics in the interim based on this. Yeah, I'm sure there was like a mobile game or something, but yeah, that that other than that. So yeah. like this is the first time you're going to be hearing those voice actors in, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, so and it's just kind of a weird, cool thing. And for some reason, I always associated this with the DuckTales reboot of the show. I assumed that they had something to do with each other because I wasn't paying that good of attention sure. either. Yeah, this but is like, like five years before. Yeah, yeah. There, there is pretty significant time apart, and you do wonder, like, was this game successful enough that they're like, you know, there's clearly an audience out here for it, or was that... I guess it's just nostalgia goes in waves and people I, like DuckTales around this time. I think so, yeah. And I think DuckTales is just one of those, like, you know, people kind of universally agree on it. It's like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you yeah. want to bring it back? Sure, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Um, but yeah, so WayForward bought the rights to this, uh, and they wanted to keep it as accurate to the original as they could, but they revamped the graphics. It's got kind of like a 2.5D sort of look with, like, 
3D backgrounds with depth, but all the characters look like kind of paper cutouts. I think the backgrounds look a little bit bad. I I, I don't like the way the backgrounds in this game look. I like the way the characters look a lot. Uh, The characters look fantastic, and the limited animation that they have really adds a lot. But Ailish was even pointing out while we were playing that, like, some of the items in the background are, like, huge, Right, like there's this gigantic chair that like a duck would be like lost in, you know, and and uh, there's just some issues with the perspective. Yeah, going and on they back don't. There. It just doesn't fit the vibe that they can. They don't look cartoony really in the background. No, no, it, it's it's kind of a weird choice. It doesn't like di- distract too terribly from the gameplay. But I think it, what it's I'm a bummer. what I'm struggling a little bit with is one of the games we recently played was Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap. Yeah, which as far up to this point, like as far as is like to me the platonic ideal of what these kind of games should be of like a full reboot remake kind of thing right because that game is exactly the same as the master system version to the extent that you can press a button and toggle between the original graphics and the original music and like there's no step in gameplay yeah um and this game i think is in a weird sort of middle ground where it is the same game Mm -hmm. with the same level like there's a different sort of intro level where you chase the beagle boys into your office um yeah and that's unique to this one yeah yeah and that's not particularly exciting um but then you just have the sort of um early thing this is one of the earlier games where you can go uh, in any order in any order yeah you have a little monitor and mega man things um but it's like it's this weird middle ground because like the levels do have the same structure enemies usually come out the same spot but some aspects are made a little more complicated Uh and it's like, I guess I either wanted them to go bigger on the amount of changes or really keep everything old school. Because, like, the parts where they do make significant changes, like, you had a pretty big boss battle against Magic of Dispel. Yeah. And she has a lot of new phases that add level of challenge and mm-hmm. make it interesting, um, which I thought was pretty cool. I like that, yeah. Um, but most of the other stuff still feels pretty old and it was just like all right if you're gonna have cutscenes and characters chattering between each level which as you were pointing out kind of messes with the tempo of the game it does it's uh, one of those like i i appreciate that they're all here they're all doing the voices they're trying to give it this extra little layer of personality but it does mean we're getting like a 30 second to two minute cutscene before every stage well because the writing isn't that good even no. though you have like the character the voice actors doing it they're mostly just like at some point, you fight a beagle boy in a sheet and uh, release one of your nephews, and he says, that wasn't a ghost, that was a beagle boy in the sheet. And you're like, great. Thank you. I'm glad that we hired a professional voice actor to deliver that line. <laughs> you're very astute, yes, yeah. yes. But, you know, the the stuff that works in the original DuckTales still works really well here, yeah. namely uh, Pogo, Pogo, Pogo. Like, yeah, this game's so, all about that Pogo. I guess, you know, is this the best video game, Pogoing? I can't think of too many others off the top of my head. Yeah, but Pogo, look- not like a huge video game thing. I think Cranky Kong's Pogoing is a little bit better just because when you fall as Cranky Kong, you continue to Pogo. But if you go off a ledge here, you, you stop your Pogoing. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That but- is fair. It does interrupt the the flow a little bit. Yeah. No, here, I agree. Here's the Cranky the Kong beard bounce. Yeah. Here's the thing that's odd. If we go back in the timeline and say that Cranky Kong is the original Donkey Kong from mm-hmm. the game Donkey Kong starring mm-hmm. Jumpman. Sure. Um, that game predates the DuckTales game for NES, but the pogoing in DuckTales, Cranky is clearly inspired by in Donkey Kong Country Returns, so mm-hmm. it's this whole sort of time paradox and uh, 
I hope that Neil Blomkamp makes a movie about that. I, I think he's working on it right now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Cranky Origins. Yeah, exactly. Cranky, cranky Requiem. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he would call it. District Cranky. District Cranky. Crankalysium. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or just, I mean, cra- just Cranky. <laughs> with two E's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like a, a I and a backwards three. I think that that would be a pretty fun, like, parody movie trailer, though. It's just called Cranky, and it's just like a shaded, shade. like, it's like the Morbius cover. It's just sort of a <laughs> shaded picture of Cranky Kong's face. We definitely need to morbify Cranky Kong. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, this this game works as well as it ever did, I yeah. think, you know, from a gameplay standpoint. It does have those antiquated elements, like, you know, when you bounce around, ge- uh, gems will just kind of appear out of nowhere behind you, yeah. which is always something I found a little bit annoying. Like, it's not like you're having to go way out of your way, and the score but it mechanic does... is just, like, generally weird. Like, I guess in the NES game, like, getting a big score was kind of a goal in itself, and here yeah. you just get it to... Um, unlock more concept art and garbage like that. There's a cute thing where the more money you get, like you can jump into your money vault. Yeah. You can actually dive in the money bin, which is, which is, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody ever watched that show without thinking, Oh, I want to do that. Even though thinking about <laughs> it, like those coins are so dense, they will break as you. As soon as you, you jump in, you're just, your whole, your head is smashed. You'll just splatter. You are jumping into a thick pile of metal. You're yeah. going to die. But, you know, hey, he, he had a way of doing it to make it look fun. And then yeah. he spit out the coins in a little fountain, you know. Maybe ducks can just do that. I think they can. All right, let's take some ducks. Let's throw them down a money Wait, now bin. we're going to get all the duck subreddit mad at us. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, duck subreddit. I don't, like, I guess I, I have no problem with this game because I really like the original DuckTales. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think I was just spoiled by Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap. I wish that this game either added significantly more content and really played with the original more or was just like totally true to the original and Mm. let you sort of jump between the different things because you don't this isn't a terribly complicated game by any means but you don't get sort of the old school nostalgic hit yeah Um, i would say that this if if you're like me and most of your nostalgia for ducktales is from the game um and some randomly the movie like you you'd be just as well served playing the original again mm-hmm. um just to get that nes graphics but if you yeah. like are more nostalgic about the show then this would have you know the voice actors it has dialogue between them and stuff like that so it's it's a little it has a little more content in that realm yeah i think that's a good way of putting it and and i should mention there is that disney afternoon collection that's out for ps4 which has the uh, original and the sequel and uh, a couple of the other nes but uh, not this one not this one, okay. but it does have the original ones and uh, some of the other original Disney Afternoon games, and that's definitely worth playing if you cool. if you like uh, this era of games. I mean, uh, the one last thing I want to shout out is the music on this because yeah. the original Ducktales has some of the best like chiptune music of all time, I think, and uh, I think this does a really nice job. They keep the music pretty much identical. They just add orchestrations. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer just like a synthesizer. We've got like a full orchestra behind it, and it sounds quite good, I think. Uh, I, I like that they didn't mess with perfection too much. They just kind of built it out and made it a little bit more modern. Again, I would have liked a... Now, again, I'm just spoiled from Wonder Boy, but yeah. I would have liked a button where you could it's, swap between the, the new version and the old version yeah, of the music. Yeah. No, and I'm, I'm with you on that. I think there is a lot of... And there's a lot of charm to those original... Um, like 8-bit designs of yeah. Scrooge and the characters. Yeah, the launch like pad sprite looks great. Yeah, yeah, super adorable. Um, Ailish, do you have any final thoughts on uh, on DuckTales Remastered? Would you describe it as a duck blur? I would describe it as a duck blur, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Nope. How, how did you like those ropes? Did, oh, you, did you like the ropes? I, I did. I did like the ropes. I do think that this game, I think a lot of older video games had a good amount of difficulty to them, both because like, they had to because they didn't have that much space, right. but also that was just how it was made. And newer video games tend to be a lot easier. And this game has a good amount of difficulty, especially if you cannot climb ropes. <laughs> you got to press up. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mistake was not using the D-pad. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that is evidence of, like, this game being pretty true to the original, like, because the original is not... I think the original is probably relative to most platformers on the NES, like, goes a little e- on the easier side um, because a lot of those games are really hard, but it is still... Um, it still presents a pretty stiff challenge. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, we've about covered these, right? Mm-hmm. We feeling good about these? Let's move on to our rankings. Each week, we are ranking the games that we have just played. Uh, what do you want you to go first this week? Uh, sure. How many games are on our list total, Steve? It's we at are, least a hundred, right? We are at one hundred nine. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, Phineas and Ferb. Even though I love the show and I've just watched it all constantly on repeat over the past few hours, You're um, boy. I'm putting it number seventy eight, which is right behind the Angry Birds games. Mm-hmm. Um, they're games that exist. I am. This is a game I would probably be willing to play if I had no other game at my disposal. Sure. Um, and not be like, all right, I would rather do nothing than play this game. So it's I like think a this desert island game. If you don't have a choice, yeah, I yeah. think this game ekes out nothing. Yeah. So that um, which is more than what I can say for most of the games under it. Yeah. So like no, that's fair. pretty good. Um, whereas Ducktales, I think, is a good game. I, I don't know. It's. I wish it had a little more content. I wish something from DuckTales 2 was in there. I wish they gave you more visual settings and things like that. But it's still fun. It's still a great platformer. Um, I'm putting a number 44 behind Mario Party 10. Okay. All right. Good spots for that. Um, I'm fairly equivalent. I think I I liked both of these slightly more. Um, I'm going to say Phineas and Ferb is going to be number 64, which is underneath the uh, Amazing Spider-Man and right above the Lego Lego Movie Video Game. A terrible title for a game. Uh, Which is... You know, this is the unambitious alley. This is the uh, the games that are uh, that that surprised me by not being unbearable. Yeah, it's sure. kind of a way of putting it. Like those Amazing Spider-Man games. It's like I was really expecting dog shit. I'm like, no, these are kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where Phineas and Ferb lands for me. Uh, Ducktales. I'm putting a little higher. I'm putting that at number 24, okay. which is underneath Star Fox Zero, just above Resident Evil Revelations. I mean, this is just a fundamentally really sound game. I think it's a really nice looking package. It is probably, I would probably still prefer playing the original NES version to this version, but in a pinch, this does perfectly fine. I've played through this entire game in the past on the Wii U. It works great. Uh, I have no real qualms with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and Alice, Alice not on... have a list, but, but is, would you say this is better than the Croods? <laughs> you know, given the games I have played here with you, Phineas and Ferb is Probably number three. <laughs> it's a, a high place for it, but I just don't understand Family Feud. Uh, yeah, better than the Croods. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that makes sense. All right. Well, we have one letter this week. Uh, this one says, hey, Woody and Steve. Hello. Hello. Recently, y'all talked about the new Super Mario Brothers U levels not sticking in your brain compared to the NES or SNES games. You thought it might be nostalgia, but I've often wondered if it also might be that the modern games have saving. I know the Mario's oh. 1 through 3 and Sonic 1 and 2 so much better because I had to play the same levels over and over again. Good theory. Are there any games you think would benefit from not having saves? 
Cheers, and this is from Ryan Johnson. P.S. I'll be sure to name you two two characters <laughs> if, uh, after you in Two Knives, Two Out. So yeah, yeah. thanks, That's Ryan. Thanks acclaimed, for writing in. We're, we're a fan of director. your work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Acclaimed film director Ryan Johnson, fan of our show. Definitely the real him because <laughs> yeah. he got the title of the movie right. Two Knives, Two, <laughs> two Out. Two Knives, Two Out. I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, almost as good. The actual title of that movie is going to be The Glass Onion. Great. That's a good title. I, I mean, like I'm it. I'm really excited they're making a sequel to that movie. I'm excited for that too. The, yeah. I w- what I want to say about Knives Out is it's rare that movies get put into like everyone likes this movie can you know what yeah, i mean like yeah, yeah, to yeah. like things get are like in the 80s there were a lot more like family movies that like people got like the princess bride or yeah, something where back like back to the future back yeah. to the future where like okay everyone likes these movies and now things feel much more specialized cuz you might not be into like a marvel movie yeah um whereas like knives out felt like a movie you could literally go with anyone and be like that was pretty good and right. and like uh, pretty impressive too coming off a movie that's pretty divisive yeah. and it had a lot of people like kind of gunning for ryan johnson yeah. and like ready to hate his shit and then that movie comes out and everyone's like yeah no that, I, I didn't like that star wars i like this yeah and for no. the record that is the best star wars <laughs> okay anyway i'm just burning um, off the last of our listeners i don't uh, care also um Good point, Ryan, on that saving that saving insight. I've I've never thought of that, but yeah. that is an excellent point. Like I can think of the first three levels of the original Super Mario Brothers, just like I can run through the whole thing in my head. Yeah, um, you know where, where you're running across and the fish are jumping up at you on the bridge, and like yeah. I I don't. But I with that said, I don't know if a game benefits from not having saving like not anymore especially because games are just getting bigger and longer and more complicated so like you know it made sense to have no saves back in the day because they were all pretty streamlined pretty self-explanatory and uh the trial and error was kind of part of the appeal but even like i think that those old games are made better by like adding save games to them either through emulation Mm -hmm. or re-releases or something like that because i would assert like the original Mario Brothers probably a better game if you can save in it. Yeah, like even though you know you can't in the original one, but they yeah. they even added it in um, Mario All Stars. You can you can save in that yeah. original. I think um, in the Game Boy Color one too. Yeah, yeah but it is a good insight, and I think maybe what has scratched that itch for not saving is roguelike games. Yeah, because that's that's like all right, you're gonna go and you're playing through the same content over and over. So it really sticks in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're retaining some you're of retaining what you stuff. Yeah. So there's a sense of forward progress. And I think those have like hit a good balance because like I played so much Enter the Gungeon, like it feels very memorable and ingrained with me. Um, but it's I still feel it's not super frustrating. Because yeah. I feel like I'm making progress all the time. That that I think that's objectively the right answer. I think that is like yeah, because I, I think that's the one that really benefits from not having a traditional save system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, again, I like having the auto saves all the time, so I'm not having to worry about losing my progress. That's one of the more annoying things about trying to go back and play older games now, like PS2, PS1 yeah. era, is that I'm always losing my progress because I'm just not thinking to save at save points. It's I think anything that makes games more accessible to play through and beat is a good thing um even though i do also sometimes lose some of the nostalgic appeal of the old stuff but i think it's a a fair trade-off and you can always if you want you can always play a game without saving you can always play through pokemon without going to the pokemon center do your own weird challenge if you want yeah yeah yeah, do it weird stream it on twitch it sounds fun it's a hit yeah 
Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for writing in. And and thank you to the infinitely patient Dalish Collins for being here to play more uh, uh, kind of middling games. Uh, yeah, but we didn't play any true crap. No, no. We're going to have to have you back for some real shit. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I have to say I'm disappointed by the quality of these games. <laughs> Which is to Literally say that they, they have quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping for Croods too. You, uh, you know what, Ailish? I don't know if you're going to get a Croods 2. I think the Croods was truly something special, and you really struck gold pretty early. I think the Croods may genuinely be the... Oh, no, we played a worse game the other day. Uh, the Burger King game. Yeah, Pocket Bike Racer, yeah. 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 So the Croods is the second worst game I have ever played. Though, for what it's worth, I don't know if you can put the Burger King games in contention. Those literally came... They're barely you put games. put like $5 in addition with your yeah. Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah. They're now, barely also games. acknowledge, before you write in, Ryan Johnson, I know that Burger King doesn't serve Happy Meals. It's true. They right. serve... What do they serve? I don't think I've ever uh, had one. King Snacks. King Snacks. Okay. Yeah, that's what the king eats in those games, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he sneaks up on somebody, rips out their liver, and goes, mmm, King Snacks. Exactly. He's deeply upsettling. Un- unsettling, not upsetting. I like upsettling. He's upsetting. You know, yeah, yeah. That's when, like, you know, you 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 get a shitty apartment, but it's better than the one you have. You're upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So for next week, and well, actually, for the next couple of weeks, you know, the uh, my my long foretold move is going to be happening. Goodness me. In uh, in a couple of weeks here. So what we're going to be doing on the show is we're going to try and cram in as many multiplayer or like in the room kind of experiences as we can and save some of the other games that can uh, work a little better remotely Mm -hmm. to finish out the catalog. And in that spirit, next week we are uh, burning off the last of our sports games and it's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag here. (laughs) We're going to be playing Madden NFL 13. I did get a copy that works. We're going to be playing Brunswick Pro Bowling. Oh, hooray. And then we're going to be playing Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. Hooray! Like an actual kind of hooray. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm actually a little excited about that one. So three very different sports, three very different gameplay styles, but uh, we're going to get those all done. We're going to we're gonna get some sports done, and then we're going to be like playing a bunch of multiplayer uh, wacky games for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a couple of fun ones, so definitely uh, check those out. And uh, I think that's about it for this week. We will see you next week for sports, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Kablui, that's what the genie says in that movie. Right? Oh, he said no. He says yeah, he does. He says, but then in the quote in this game, Scrooge says Waka Waka. That's a heck of a gem, and we're yeah, like, I didn't know keep... that Scrooge said Waka Waka. I do not remember him saying Waka Waka. That's a, he that's says like, bless me bagpipes. That's but... also a thumbs down as they add in this game like Scrooge just talking as you do stuff. Yeah, which we don't is, need it. Never good. Don't need it. You know, love you, Alan Young, but yeah, we don't need it. Anyway, we'll see you next time for sports, sports, sports. Bye, everybody.